0: You are a well a well the Star solution. I mean really what I was looking at was was the licensing procedure that he was putting in place and I just I don't know how we're gonna satisfy demand, man. There's no way
1: to satisfy demand and even the market where I was at in Washington for good quality cannabis. It flies uh-huh. off the shelf and they have tons of processors. So to think we can do it with seven, no matter how well funded they are, um, or 25 or these limited numbers tied to these bullshit patient counts is just, I don't know what they're thinking, but it's not
0: going to work. I, I agree. I, we, uh, we have a, a cultivation teacher for Florida Cannabis Coalition. His name's Aaron Landerville. Um, it's very very smart guy. He actually he teaches physics at USF. Okay. And he came up with some figures and he estimates that there's six hundred thousand um people who qualify for medical cannabis in Florida. And if you do the math, I think it's something like two point five milligrams is like the average dosage he uses. If you factor in processing and all that uh, you end up with 66,000 pounds a month that have to be cultivated. And there's no way that anything that's been brought forth so far um, would be able to satisfy that. I think it's something like seventy two twenty 20,000 square foot facilities, grow facilities have to be put up to, uh, to satisfy that demand.
1: And that was based on how much of a dosing again?
0: Uh, You know, actually, I have it saved in my phone. So, I mean, I think it's 2.5 milligrams. Per day Uh, or? uh, That is. Oh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I was way off. It's 200 milligrams a day
1: wow okay so there was an article that just came out and bruce knox was bashing on what kim rivers had based her patient count numbers on which when she came on the podcast she was basing that on what the current patient load is representing to her company which she said was 20 milligrams and bruce knox said patients will need more like 50 to 100 I think it's more than even 200, but 200 is definitely a better estimate than what anyone else has thrown out, and like you said, there is no way that one point, however many, how many millions of square feet does that end up being?
0: Um, We would need 74, 20,000 square feet grow operations to meet that demand.
1: So like almost one and a half million square feet, so you know, maybe... In 10 years, one of these companies could get to that. But we, we need the medicine now.
0: <laughs> we need the medicine right now, you know? No, I mean, it's, it's a trend with our legislator that, I mean, look, I mean, we have that 90-day rule. So, I mean, it, 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 it seems like one of the main things that our legislator doesn't understand is that people need relief now. And, you know, marijuana is what, what can bring it to them you know absolutely
1: Uh, um i was on a phone call today i took it and it was a patient and he's in hospice and he hasn't been started with any physician that's in the office of compassionate use registry and i explained to him the ordeal and you know he he might not be around in 90 days and that's 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 the Reality we're facing, you know, when you and I were at the uh, True Leave and Canna Moms event, Dr. Rosado broke down in tears talking about that because it, it I mean, the patients can't get the medicine. Um, people that are wanting to just use this recreationally are still buying it from Joe Pot dealer. They're, they're not worried about going through a 90 day wait or whatever and paying a doctor money. Like the patients need the medicine. So, um, mm. yeah, the 90 day rule to me is inhumane. Mm.
0: yeah you bring up some some good points too i mean on the other side of i mean really from like you get these these trends and questions about you know from your opposition you know and we're we're seeing a lot of our our opposition kind of wanting wanting to at least listen to us a little bit more um now but um i was talking i don't know if i should mention her name or whatnot but i was talking to uh uh, a conservative legislator the other day, and uh, she was just, one of the questions she had is, like, what What about the children? You know, isn't this going to make it easier for kids to 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 get marijuana? And I'm like, honestly, if you want to buy marijuana right now, just ask a kid. You know, go, ask a high schooler. Absolutely. You'll be, able to get mar- you'll be able to get marijuana. The idea is not keeping it out of the kids' hands the idea is to 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 make it so that those who who need it can can get it and you know and, and honestly the the best way to keep it out of the ki- our kids hands i mean the thing you know people people bring up beer like beer. high school kids don't sell bottle, bottles of beer to each other anymore they don't sell bottles of whiskey i'm sorry if you hear my cat in the background that's okay <laughs> but uh, um, but you know kids are kids aren't you know selling sell, selling bottles of beers in back, back alleys because you know it's 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 harder for them to get it. They have to actually go to a guy that asks for an ID you know and that would be very similar to to an adult use state and if we institute something like that in Florida we we're actually keeping marijuana out of kids hands like it's I don't understand why that's such a a hard concept to understand. It it really shouldn't
1: be. And, you know, the, the same fear tactics and what I like to call fear porn is spread uh. in every state about the children getting the cannabis. And I understand it for most people. It's coming from, you know, a good place in their heart because they don't understand about this medicine. They don't even understand that if a kid did ingest it, they're still safer than if they had ingested some Tylenol or cleaner under their counter or any other things in their house, even your aromatherapy oils and candles, kids are still showing up in ERs in orders of magnitude more than cannabis or for things other than cannabis in the states where it's legal, even recreationally. And with the tight controls that are already in place to get access to the cannabis, um, it's just not going to happen. It doesn't happen anywhere else. Children's use goes down. There's a National Institute of Health study that came out that, you know, they, they, they've they already proved this. You and I know that, though. But the people yeah. that you're talking about, the legislators, they don't really know that, unfortunately. But it's great they are having, you know, decided to listen to us.
0: And, you know, I mean, it's... it's you hear about these calls in Colorado to poison control and how like it, they, they go up, you know, and um, the pe- people get concerned when their kids get into their marijuana or whatnot, but they don't actually go. You know, you see that trend, like uh, the the opposition brings up how many phone calls were brought into poison control for marijuana in Colorado started with with adult use, but they don't actually say what the phone calls are about and that really it ends up where the advice they get is just to give them some cheetos and let them go to sleep that's right yeah that's right you
1: know, it's, um it's or like, you or you can take like a thousand milligrams of choline is what i know a lot of people will do and that just kind of counteracts some of the negative effects but nothing's gonna happen
0: Yeah, you know, i i never knew that that's that's an interesting uh that's interesting.
1: Yeah. I learned that from uh, Regina Nelson with the endocannabinoid system therapy center in Colorado. She spoke at a conference hosted by We Are Rare, which is for schizencephaly research. Mm. And and I learned it there. And she said the oh. doctors in Colorado still don't know that. Wow. That's it's in- interesting. Yeah. It, it really is. I, d- I didn't figure out why. Or how it works, like the mechanism, but it does. Um, I'm looking at a study right now since we were talking about Colorado, and it's on Scientific American, so it, it's not a cannabis website. And it says the headline clearly states Colorado's teen marijuana usage dips after legalization. Mm. Government study puts the state's high school's cannabis use below the national average. Wow. <laughs> Oh, here's another one. On Forbes.com, that should be pretty legit for mainstreamers, even the 29%, in my opinion. Legalized medical marijuana doesn't increase teen usage. Wow. Yeah, so we have that. Um, So, the anti-vaping thing in the Rodriguez bill, the no edibles... I've been thinking about this a lot and trying to figure out why or who may be pushing this. And there's only a few physicians in, in the House of Representatives. Um and they're backed, you know, by varying medical associations. I can only assume that they probably have the ears of the other politicians since they're their colleagues and doctors. It would be interesting to know what their positions are on the issue.
0: Yeah, it definitely would be would be interesting i don't understand why there's uh so much control over over you know how the cannabis is administered like why because we have non-smokable forms now but why why go because it seems like we're we're moving from like smoking is bad to smoking is actually like a good thing you know and it, it seemed you know what I'm talking about like why is there su- such a want to control the way this is administered there's there's, why, I, I don't why, get why it. demonize any type of method of ingestion
1: well I don't get it and you know I, I was speaking with Dr. Joseph Rosado from Orlando today a little earlier and I asked him about this and this is what he told me and he says a lot of times when it's ingested orally it will end up competing with different parts of the body because of the way that it's metabolized by the body through the digestive process and that's why vaping is required so for ALS patients they need it um, Parkinson's patients um, because a lot of the drugs Parkinson's patients are on are toxic to the liver and oral ingestion will make it, you know, just adds a bigger load on the liver. Oh, wow. Yeah, but he said specifically any medication that's metabolized by the P450 enzyme, for those of y'all that are medically savvy, will compete with the CBD and THC if you ingest it orally. Because wow. I, I asked him because I know that CBD can actually counteract with some of the medications that epileptic patients are on and that's the information he provided
0: okay well I mean it's amazing how how in, you know I, how how in depth Dr. Rosado gets with you know the medical use of cannabis and it's it's really it's really cool to, to is this still working it's frozen no I hear you Okay, Um, it now it's Dr. Rosado does a couple webinars for the Florida Cannabis Coalition. So um, I've seen him in action. He's speaking at our event on March 25th, the Cannabis Day uh, Convention, and it's just I mean it's really it's really amazing how much this man knows about marijuana and and the medical benefits of cannabis itself. I mean he's he got really in depth in his first webinar and he was only on there for about two hours and um i've just i've never seen another doctor who knows as much as he does
1: yeah a wealth of information um you know he blew my mind i was trying to take notes as fast as possible because uh. I, I was just calling to get his opinion on it for an article and uh he mentioned that webinar and believe it or not he, he said he didn't go too deep down the rabbit hole with how, you know, technical and and deep he could get into it. So I'm really curious to get and interested to get him on the podcast so we can talk about that. Um, You mentioned that he did the webinar for Florida Cannabis Coalition and the March event that's coming up. Y'all have a pretty solid roster there that you're bringing down. Isaac Dietrich.
0: Yeah, we've got Isaac Dietrich. We've got uh, Giada DeCarsier from uh, New Frontier Data. We've got uh, Brett Allen from uh, from the Green Organic Dutchman. Um, we're we're bringing in a lot of great, great names, man. Um, you know, we Florida Cannabis Coalition. We're the oldest and, and largest cannabis organization. I mean, cannabis business organization in Florida and we've been involved uh you know we we have a couple of other companies too like common bond collaborative and the glue and we've really been involved in the cannabis industry on a national scale um and we've really been able to network with these guys so we we you know we know isaac tom tom's good friends with him um you know, and we're pretty, pretty well networked from a national standpoint. So we're able to get a lot of big names to come to Florida and educate Floridians on, you know, with their hands on experience. We had uh, Jill Amon and Ben Shepherd come to Boca. Uh, they're going to they're going to be at the Orlando event as well. But, uh, you know yeah uh we're pretty lucky in that standpoint you know we just we we' we're, we're networked uh having haven't been doing this for a long time so um you know we're fortunate and we're fortunate to be able to provide that education for Florida Indians
1: yeah um by all accounts <clears throat> when did you get started when did I get started I'm sorry not you but the Florida cannabis coalition
0: what uh was- it's it started at the end of uh, of twenty thirteen, and that's when that's when Pete and Tom really uh, first got together and started organizing things, and they we started holding events in twenty fourteen. Um, the no- most notable event in twenty fourteen was when we brought Steve D'Angelo um, out here, um, yeah, and so we're they still- were
1: definitely one of the first companies in cannabis in florida to be making a profit and doing things and operating well before the dispensaries
0: yeah yeah i mean it's it's we we've been lucky in that standpoint um you know it's just we we're i guess we're just stubborn you know uh that's okay (laughs) And I guess that's why that's why I get along so well with with Tom and Pete. It's uh, you know we we have we had this clear vision of of what we wanted to do and how we we've really been just wanting to help entrepreneurs get into the cannabis industry for a long time. And if you look at everything that we've done, it's it, it kind of follows that theme, because the Florida Cannabis Coalition being that membership based organization that offers the education and uh, the networking opportunities, common bond with the consulting side of things and glue with product development and distribution. Um, we, we That's what we live for. We wanna help small businesses succeed. Um, so when the amendment didn't pass in 2014, uh, and, and you know, we had this setup for Common Bond Collaborative to be a business incubator and and really help promote the small guy, uh, you know, to combat to combat those big oligopoly forces. Um, we uh, we just stuck at it. We just found new ways to help people get into the business, and uh, you know, it, it's we're stubborn in that regard. Um, so I mean, we've just kept it going.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, tell me a little bit more about the Florida Cannabis Coalition. Um, what exactly do you provide to the members?
0: Well, our members are are you know we're our main demographic really is entrepreneurs, but you know we're advocates, we're professionals, and we're 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 investors uh, looking to get into the cannabis industry in some way. So, how we help these people succeed um, in the cannabis industry is really, really holding weekly educational and networking events, and providing reliable data and info that's really trustworthy stuff. Um, we we help people make industry contacts, so we do that by bringing in you know the, this this lineup for Cannabis Day. Uh, for, you know, providing the networking opportunities with a, with our membership base and whatnot, and and really, really offering people the guidance that they need to steer their business in the right direction.
1: Yeah, that, that sounds good because a lot of people are looking for a way to get started. And even though right now things are locked up, what I always tell people is right now is when you need to start making preparations, get your brand ready, start talking to your local politicians, try and effect some change, get some money in the bank. Um, and if you're really wanting to grow, go ahead and get it set up. So you, yeah, when you talk to exactly. them, you can say, look, we're ready for seeds in the ground.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, people don't understand. They hear about the high barriers of entry and they get concerned that, you know, it's not going to open up so much. But they, first first off, you know, that that kind of upsets me because uh, that seems like they're under the opinion that, you know, once the amendment passed, the activist movement ends and, you know, we no longer try to make progress in the state, you know, which is just not true whatsoever. You know, if, if it's not if it's restrictive at first, there's no way. I mean, the demand speaks for itself. Sooner or later, it's going to open up.
1: Um, it has to. I mean, yeah. simple economics just demands it.
0: Yeah, Exactly. And um, you know, and, and another thing that these people don't understand is that there's been people, you know, working hard to get in the cannabis since twenty thirteen since twenty thirteen in the state. You know, some even before then. And they're 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 serious because they're still around and they're still working hard to get into it. You know, if you're if you have any bit of hesitation or, you know, any, any bit of fear that you're not going to be able to make it into this industry, don't have the passion for it, then you're probably not going to make it. And, you know, I make that very clear in my workshops, but, um, you know, now's the time to act. If you haven't acted already, now's the time.
1: Absolutely. Um, and and that's something that holds true in all areas of life. If you doubt yourself, it's never going to work, even if it opens up because you're still going to have that doubt. You have to get out there and do it. Yeah there's a big support network, especially with what you guys are doing. Um, there's many other organizations around the state. And, and what you mentioned does kind of bother me if there's, you know, people out there thinking that guys like you, me, Tom, everyone else are going to stop doing what they're doing to bring a better market and opportunity for small businesses and entrepreneurs around the state. That's not, no, we're, we're getting fired up even more so now than before when the amendment passed.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, really, since the amendment passed has been the busiest time in my life. I mean, I can't tell you how much research I've I've had to do, how much work I, I've had to put in um just to get just to just to get things ready and really keep up with what's going on with the movement. I mean, there was a time in 2015, man, when um, I was offering these workshops to the Florida Cannabis Coalition, and I couldn't give them away. You know, I was just saying, you know, $4.20 or for free, just come by, we'll talk about the history of cannabis. And, you know, people, people weren't coming, but, you know, now is when the interest is, has kind of jumped up. So, I mean, and now is when it's time to start, you know, working your ass off.
1: Absolutely. Um, For those of you that didn't take the 420 deal, because you may have been medicating,
0: you missed (laughs) it. You missed out. You missed out. (laughs) (laughs) We well, we've gotten pretty advanced since then. Um, You know, if you're if you're medicating at home, we offer a lot of uh, a lot of webinars now. Um, So you can medicate and educate. Medicaid and educate there you go nice. not that i condone illegal activity but <laughs> no 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 no
1: no 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 completely legal 100% somewhere in the united states
0: yeah exactly
1: yeah because you do webinars i mean you don't even have to be florida like you said national i mean you
0: can you can be anywhere in the world man you can be in china learning about the cannabis industry in florida
2: cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure this is your opportunity ncia's new industry socials are coming soon to portland maine new jersey pittsburgh baltimore and miami sponsorship opportunities available register today
3: hey take a look at this they're selling smart pots
2: (laughs) they have pot that can make you
3: smart where is it not that kind of pot Expo. .com.
1: Did you um, see any of the postings that have been going around about the Russian guy that owns some money in Paliotech who happened to invest in modern health concepts?
0: No, I haven't seen that. What's that about?
1: Um, I don't know. We, it, the only thing that's really been published that I've seen on social media was that a guy named Boris Jordan, who's a American-Russian businessman, uh-huh. Is a majority stakeholder, or no, maybe not majority. He's a majority stakeholder in the Russian company that bought up thirty-five percent of Palliotech, which invested in modern health concepts, but they're a minority interest, so it might be more smoke than flames.
0: Hmm. hmm.
1: But yeah, definitely there's you know, foreign money in Florida already. Thanks for yeah. locking us out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just have to say Robert thank you for for everything you guys have been doing I've been keeping up with uh, your YouTube channel and your podcasts, and um, you're 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 not afraid to ask the questions that the that the advocates are worried about you know the the, I'm not
1: somebody has to do it Um, yeah because Uh, these are the questions I get all day and I I see that no one else is going to ask them I want to position ourselves and you know brand what we do as being the most credible and honest news source for the cannabis industry and that means there's going to be some tough questions i have to ask even to people i'm really close to and and may have business associations with um Mm -hmm. because the cannabis industry is crazy i'm sure you know
0: yeah yeah um we're we're seeing Kind of a shift from the activist movement to to a, uh, a real industry here in Florida, and uh, there was a time, you know, the um, where <laughs> I don't know that advocates were just saying whatever they wanted, and and there was a lot of a lot of infighting and whatnot, and it it, it I. I don't know man it's 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 gotten very different now where you know you start you start worrying a lot more about pr than activist games and um you know i i just appreciate that you have uh you know a network that's you know not afraid to to step on anybody's toes and and really really ask the questions that matter
1: thank you thanks a bunch carlos i appreciate you saying that um i really do because i you know recently i've been accused of a lot of things or so has my website with some articles that came out which i found kind of funny because within 24 hours i was accused of working for the oligarchs and then being paid to work against them and i'm like no I'm, i'm working for myself hey by the way if anyone wants to send me money my paypal address is fuck you pay me at gmail.com. I'll take your money. You can't influence anything I do. But, you know, it's just funny. Um, I, I wonder who's spreading the rumor. But I, I reached out to a bunch of people, and they had all said, well, someone asked me, were you getting paid by TrueLeave?" And someone asked me, were you getting paid to troll him?" I'm like, no.
0: There's There were some some articles that came out. I think it was St. Uh, P Politics or something something like that. Was, was that the – what? I don't know. There there were some articles that mentioned Common Bond. Not Common Bond. There was uh, articles that mentioned uh, Florida Cannabis Coalition. One of them particularly was uh, bad-mouthing Mike Minardi.
1: Oh, uh, I saw that. And yeah. I've heard that speech, and so have you. That's, that's part of his message, and the guy said he took it out of context, Or or he said at the end of the quote, he said, I don't want you to think I took it out of context, but he led into the quote with periods and led out of it with periods.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, there was also another one saying that Florida for care was, uh, was really pushing a recreational agenda, um, because of, uh the 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 sponsors that that support them you know all push the recreational agenda and it's just I mean I honestly like I take all of this stuff as like we finally made it there's people out there that <laughs> that <laughs> that it, it just seems like out of nowhere there's all this this bad mouthing to to these <laughs> these really like you know uh, good figures in the cannabis industry. And it's just like, awesome. We finally made it. There's people getting paid to badmouth us. That's right.
1: <laughs> Somebody's earning a living in cannabis by being paid to troll us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it it makes me feel good. And honestly, like I remember looking at that article and I was like, I think this guy tried to badmouth us because it was something like uh, Mike Minardi spoke at a Florida Cannabis Coalition event in Sarasota recently. And it, was like, I, and it was like they put it in like parentheses. I told you he was a big deal. And I think they were trying to badmouth our organization saying that, you know, really trying to be facetious or sarcastic and try to say that we're not really a big deal. But it made us look kind of good, I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Just keep plugging for us, you dumbasses.
0: <laughs> and I was like, thanks for thanks for linking it to to our site, man. That was pretty cool. We got we got some people coming to our site now.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because probably seventy percent of the people that read that blog voted yes as well.
0: I know, I know. What an and idiot. you can just tell when that when that article um, made it to to social media and like avenues where you can comment on it was, uh, it was just nonstop. Like all the comments were like, "This is absolutely ridiculous. This is just dumb." <laughs> of course, it
1: is, and and yeah. for anybody who doesn't understand who may have read that article what mike minardi talks about is moratoriums are not a bad thing because it's just the local politicians waiting to see what the state does because they could enact legislation and then the state comes and just wham it doesn't matter what the local politicians have done so they left it out of context and that was the most ridiculous article i'd seen i laughed too yeah
0: yeah I agree with him. I mean, moratoriums are—it's—it's it's not a ban. There's a reason why they're not saying it's a ban, you know. Uh, in some in some cases, it's it's ridiculous because they put these these la- large time frames on them, where like it's some some places in the state, it's like moratoriums are like a year long, and I mean, I don't really agree with that, but. I mean sometimes they just need to some time to just figure out how to how to approach this right.
1: Right. And another thing's moratoriums allow is more time to be involved in the process to make sure that you get the local legislation that you're wanting. Yeah. Um exactly. Sometimes rushing through the process isn't good cuz you better believe the people with the money that many of the activists that are out there railing against they're going to be at these local meetings. You know, so a moratorium is good. The, the the Seven don't want moratoriums either. They want legislation enacted right away that protects them, I would think.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I know I would if I had to spend $20 million to put seeds in the ground. I mean, it's ridiculous when you think about it.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, the moratoriums, they're, I think, in Tampa... Um, the moratorium that they put in place still allowed for the new dispensaries to the, the current dispensaries to 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 operate. So uh,
1: is that different than the I guess the Hillsborough County thing that just happened?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that that's the, a different council. But, um, you know, the Hillsborough one was for the county and Tampa was for the, the actual city. And I believe Tampa did put a moratorium. I'm not. I mean, don't don't quote me on this. I think it was something like six months, and they still allowed for um, um, the new di- dispensaries to operate within the city. Okay. Uh, but I mean, it's for for the most part. I know that. Um, uh, Tampa Tem- is kind of like a different situation because there are a number of dispensaries here. It's actually really cool to see, you know, we, we have Sutera and we have two truly locations already. We have the Dale Mabry one and the one in Clearwater. Um, so it's kind of cool to see such a concentration of dispensaries in the Bay Area. Um, but... You know, for the rest of the state, that's kind of like not really going on. You know, we have a we have a few more dispensaries. Some aren't really operating. There's not there's really one other storefront that's open. I think they're working on Knox's storefront in in Orlando right now.
1: They are. Did you see the renderings of that?
0: I I
1: have not. It has a medcan sign on it. I didn't think doctors and dispensaries were allowed to be oh really yeah Hmm. i posted it i was trying to figure out
0: huh that that is interesting but yeah i mean for tampa is kind of a special special place when it comes to like allowing the the current dispensaries to operate in here yeah we have a lot of them already um, but the rest of them, it would be understandable to see that the current dispensaries would not want a moratorium because they're not there yet, you know.
1: Yeah, no, no the cur- the current dispensaries and dispensing organizations don't don't want a moratorium. They want legislation enacted that you know gives them what they want. Um, yeah. And sometimes that might not be most advantageous for. You know people trying to get in the business um i would think that the dispensaries though would want almost zero limitations on anything to do with number of stores where they could put them i mean i personally think if they're going to zone these things make them like pharmacies you can have four pharmacies at every cardinal direction on an intersection and one in Publix and one at albertson's across the street why can't we have like eight dispensaries
0: yeah i hear you man um i i guess i'm a little bit more idealistic <laughs> than you are because like i kind of have a dream that like just like marijuana dispensaries are more like farmer farmers markets one day you know where you can have just i, I don't know i'm i'm idealistic have a bunch of local growers just show up and display their cannabis and
1: Oh, that I, would... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would love co-ops. Um, I would love community gardens for this stuff. Um, and safe. everyone True. growing. But there's we always going to be people that want retail cannabis. And so... But I I, I, I agree with zero limitations, zero regulations. It's a plant.
0: I think yeah, it's absurd. Uh, no, I'm sure that you do. We were just talking um, in the office the other day about... Uh, you know it's, it's it's probably far off but you know if if we could obtain a license uh, to 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 actually grow um how cool it would be if we could just have like you know instead of like a a co-work space to have like that co-op growing situation where we just set yeah. up with a little corner of a warehouse and let them come in and, and lease the space and work off of our license
1: yeah that sounds great cannabis supported agriculture
0: yeah exactly exactly
1: yeah that's a great idea um and i think a lot of people would be interested in doing that you know especially people that live in more urban communities that may not have space indoors or outdoors to cultivate mm
0: and you know there there's a lot of people that i mean florida if you were to take legality out of it i mean really look at what like our our most successful crops are um it's it's basically oranges strawberries and cannabis and i think blueberries would be right after that um the there's a lot of growers in florida there's a lot of there's there's a big black market here for growers and a lot of them are good at it, you know, but they might not be able to to afford a, a license. You know, we really and, and it goes down to what the Florida Cannabis Coalition really is about. I mean, it. if you're a grower, why are we going to make you t- learn how to test cannabis? Why are we going to make you learn how to process cannabis? Why are we going to make you learn how to dispense it? You know, it doesn't make sense if you have an expertise in something. Why do you have to do everything? You know, um, really, like the best thing for you to do is to, to join a coalition of sorts and find other people who want to who, who want to specialize in the things that you need, you know, and really build your network in that way. So, I mean, it's the Florida Cannabis Coalition really works to 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 provide. I, I don't know. It, it was just uh, it, it was a heartwarming moment for me. I was teaching a dispensary management course and I had a number of members in there that were, were taking the workshop for uh, you know, their, their membership benefit. And I had uh, two people who had just bought tickets to the workshop and weren't, weren't members, but were there um, just kind of there to learn. Um, and I was discussing the, the idea that it may stay a vertically integrated model and um and for for your listeners that don't know what that means that means that you know if you want to have a medical 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 marijuana treatment center you would need to grow you would need to process you would need to test you would need to dispense you would need to do everything it's not an open market you just be this 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 one entity that does everything when it comes to cannabis um And these, these, these people in the workshop are really concerned. And it's, I saw the members jump up and say, no, actually, that's why, you know, this organization is important because I want to grow. And this, this person over here wants to test cannabis and this person wants to dispense and this person wants to get into edibles. Um, you know, we have a vertically integrated system right here in this classroom right now, um, You know, it's just a matter of just networking and getting your name out there and really banding together to be able to fight these big, you know, powers that be, I guess.
1: Yeah, that is a good point. Um, Vertical integration doesn't necessarily have to mean that no one else can get involved. just means you need to put the right people together. Yeah. Um, And that sounds like Florida Cannabis Coalition is the place to go to to do that.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't. I've looked long and hard. I haven't seen anybody else doing what y'all are doing.
0: Well, thank you. It's it's nice to to stand out. I mean, I, I actually the other day I kind of you know the the guys in the office kind of told me to to stop pushing this so hard. Uh, but you know we see a lot of organizations out there that uh, you know. Uh, they they offer a certificate or they uh you know, they're get into the cannabis industry and, you know, we'll we'll teach you what you need to know. And but uh we really pride ourselves in, in going that extra mile and saying like listen, you know, that certificate's not really gonna get you anywhere if you don't know how to show it, you know, and you don't know how to display that knowledge. You really need to get out there, you get gotta brand yourself, you gotta network, you um there, there's more handholding that needs to take place to get into an industry like the cannabis industry, and and we really want to be those people to help those, uh, you know, working to get in there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned Isaac Dietrich earlier. Uh, he's CEO of Mass Roots. That's the third largest capitalized company that is in tech in the kind of I guess we'll call it genre of like Weed Maps, Leafly, Sticky Guide. I think they were closing in on a hundred million at last check. That's, yeah, a, pr- that's a pretty was, good network to be able to, you know, have a chance to talk to them instead of getting something printed off your computer that says you're a bud tender. Finally.
0: <laughs> you know, he was at, uh, the, the money show in Orlando. Um, and he was really going over, uh, you know, uh, how they were raising money and, uh, you know, how, how they raised money by going public and um, the struggles that they had to get into to, to be in the cannabis industry. And they were saying that they were really struggling actually finding uh, private investors um, that uh, they reached out to the tech world in Silicon Valley. And it just seems like even though these companies say that they're progressive and, and and innovative and they're you know really into new new technology and new ideas you know uh, most internet companies kind of freak out when you say cannabis um for whatever reason and they were kind of having issues with that so they found a lot of success just going public and 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 getting their their stock ticker out there um and that's a that's a really interesting uh uh, concept to me, too, because, um, you know, with the cannabis industry, most of it's just private private equity funding. Um, and we've been really good friends with uh, Mike Berger uh, of Technical 420 for a long time now. And Technical 420 does like stock cannabis stock um, analytics and whatnot and uh, shares data from that side of things. Uh, and he's always been a fan of Mass Roots. And it's just it, it's going to, it's going to be great for Orlando. What I'm finally getting at is it's going to be great for Orlando uh, because a lot of people are going to see all these different options that they have and and hear from experts on how how to to raise the amount of money the the amount of capital that they're going to need to to get into this industry in Florida. And Isaac's a really really good example. We're going to have um a panel um really really discussing that and getting in depth on uh um what your first steps should be and how to find funding and things like that so i'm really excited for orlando
1: yeah that should be a really fun fun day down there and lots of great information opportunities to network Mm Mm-hmm. That's a shame that Silicon Valley didn't hop on with Isaac because at last check, he continues to execute. Um, they integrated MJ Freeway, which processes tons of different yeah. payment processing systems for the cannabis industry um, across the country, maybe even the world, I don't know. But, but every time I see something about him, he seems to be doing what they, they have in their business plan and executing. And if I was investing, I'd get, I'd, you know...
0: Well, I used to have MassRoots downloaded on my phone and one day it actually disappeared. I have they had an issue with the Apple store. They were actually taken off of the Apple store and now they've been taken off of the Google Play. Um, so um, the, it really it's. Wow. They've, yeah, they've had a lot of issues uh, just kind of being accepted in the tech world. Um, but people, I mean. WeeMax has their, an app. Yeah, it, and you know what? And one thing that's interesting too is when he was in the, the Orlando Money Show, he was really excited because they were about to to launch uh, their dispensary feature. So dispensaries would be allowed to post menus and and their locations and things like that on MassRoots as well. Um, and he was really he's really excited because he's kind of taking taking, you know, there's, there's mass roots which was like social media. There was weed maps, which really, uh, did a lot of information for dispensaries. And then there's Leafly, which was like cannabis information, like strain info and things like that. And he felt that, that mass roots was really going to be able to, to, to overcome, you know, all the, that trifecta of, of that, I, I guess, cannabis tech trifecta, I guess you could call that, um, so, but it's kind of a shame because I have an Android and I can't get Mass Roots right now. That sucks. <laughs> so you could see kind of the struggle that Mass Roots go th- goes through. Uh, but people people need to understand and, and the reason why I brought up Mike Berger and Technical 420 before is uh, they, Mass Roots really collects a lot of data on cannabis consumers. And, you know, at, at first... Glance, people look at it, and it's just oh, social media, Instagram for potheads. Um, but what they don't realize is that this this large industry that's forming, this large cannabis industry, they're collecting all the data on the consumers. You know, they're they're really set in the very near future to be a huge player in this game, uh, just from the information and the knowledge that they're gathering from all these different demographics. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have Isaac out there. I'm excited to, to and speaking of data, I'm excited to have Giada um, from New Frontier Data. Uh, one thing that they're doing is that they're sharing their Florida report with all of the, the people that come to the event. Nice. Um, so everybody who comes to the event is going to get, I, I mean, really great financial data from the leading financial data firm in the cannabis industry, specifically for Florida. So, um, yeah, it's it's just an exciting time, man.
1: Yeah, New Frontier Data puts out a uh, lot lots of good stuff. I follow some of the news articles that come out after they do like their year end reports and some of the state reports. Uh, I, I actually <clears throat> somebody showed me. Uh, the back end of their new system mm. that, that's pretty sweet the dashboard and it, it aggregates all the data so the, yeah i mean they're they're about uh at the top of the, that mountain right there for collecting data both of yes, them
0: sir. yes sir
1: um so who else is going to be at the the cannabis day on that panel do you
0: know um well we have a number of experts uh coming from within the state as well um so activists and whatnot um I can just go over the speakers list real quick for you okay um as far as who's gonna be on that panel actually let me let me get this out for you Okay, so first steps for the cannabis industry, we're going to have um, uh, uh, Aaron Landerville, who is our cultivation expert. We're going to have Craig Smalley, who's um, a uh, a, an accountant who specializes in the cannabis industry. Then we're going to have Tony Gallo, uh, who specializes in security. And we're gonna have Mike Thompson, who specializes in marketing. Uh, Mike, Mike Thompson does uh, 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 Canna Chronicle and Canna Growth Media. And he's he's really been supportive of, of the cannabis industry and the cannabis activist movement here in Florida for quite some time. Uh, when I worked for, when I did Central Florida Normal, uh, Mike Thompson was a huge help in helping us spread our message. So I'm really excited to have him. Um, we're going to have the investing panel Uh, so we're going to put Isaac on that panel we're going to have uh, Ben and uh, Ben Shepard and Jill Amon sit on that panel as well Um, and we're most likely going to have uh, uh, um, Mike Berger from Technical 420 head up that panel Um, and we're we're also going to do a legal le- legal issue panel. We're going to have Mike uh, Minardi speak, of course, but he's going to sit on the panel as well. And we've got the lovely ladies from Minorities for Medical Marijuana uh, to come and sit on that panel. So it's going to be a good panel.
1: Yeah, it sounds rock solid, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I just recently was introduced to and had spoke with Michael Thompson really really solid top-notch guy It's great to hear that you've involved in so many people from so close within the state
0: was he w- w- did he share with you his nickname he did he did yeah um, Einstein <laughs> <laughs> he, um, no, they, they, he he's a man of many crafts
1: I said he's a man a man of many crafts
0: <laughs> no, but that, that name really fits. I mean, this guy, uh, he spends all day just thinking. And one thing, you see him, he gets involved with the, the activist movement. And um, you see him, like, he'll get wrapped up in something that, that a lot of people won't get wrapped up in. And uh, he just his brain and his brain keeping on going like that. Uh, just gets the movement to focus in that direction. So you'll see him he'll do things where like he'll pack city halls or he'll like he'll he'll shut down he'll he'll orchestrate something that'll shut down a Facebook account or something like that. <laughs> and it's just it's just really great to have somebody that's that smart and that passionate. Um, you
1: know, oh, absolutely outside. yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. It really is. It seemed seemed to work pretty well in Hillsboro. Um I think he spoke there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know I know he worked he worked really hard to, to get people to Hillsboro, uh to get people to uh the Tampa Decrim, um and the Lakeland the Lakeland uh the Lakeland event too. Um So, yeah, he's he's got a a huge reach when it comes to, you know, online marketing and whatnot. So we're happy to have him at the event.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, What other of the big conventions do you all have coming up? I think I saw something about maybe one in Miami and.
0: Um, Next up, we're going to be in Tampa Um, let me pull up those dates just real quick. So next up, we're going to be in Tampa. We're going to be here on May 27th. Then we're going to do one in Miami on July 29th. And then we're going to be in Jacksonville on September 23rd. So we're we basically have, uh, most of our events planned out for the rest of the year. Excellent. Um, so you can you can go on to our website floridacannabiscoalition.com and check them check all of them out. Um, I do need to update our workshops and I do need to post more webinars. I'm always doing a little bit more of that. Um, but as far as our green carpet events and our candidate conventions, we we pretty much have them locked down for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, that's good. So um, anybody listening, you know, check out the events page. Uh, there, there's something to do in your area for sure. I mean, he just yeah. needs something in every every you've, big market uh, in the state.
0: You, uh, you've you kindly, uh, you know, came, came to us and uh, um, wanted to help us set something up for Gainesville. So
1: I'd, I'd have. And, I, you know, we've reached out to a handful of venues, and I'm, I'm about ready to make a decision on one. Um, cool. Cool. But yeah it's going to be sometime in august
0: very very cool yeah
1: yeah yeah. right Um, when the temperature is nice and sweltering hot so it'll be good to get indoors (laughs) have a beer and talk to some people
0: one thing too i mean i i'm really excited about the uh the green carpet event that we have the following day in orlando uh from the candidate convention so it's really almost like a weekend of events like we have the candidate convention on saturday and then or, at Orlando at the Crib Royale at the same at the, the day after we're going to have a green carpet event, and we've got um, have you ever heard of Nugtopia?
1: I think so, but I, you know, I don't want to say for
0: sure. Well, Nugtopia they do uh, it's almost like string specific artwork. So the the artist is his name's Cole Trent. And, um, what, what Cole does is he, he has these paintings that, that, um, are modeled off after strains. I've got Einstein OG on my wall right now. Um, oh, it's, yeah. It's, awesome. It, yeah. So, so what Einstein OG is, it's basically a picture of Einstein, but he's made to look like a marijuana bud and he's got stuff like Girl Scout cookies and, Uh, Luke Skywalker and all this strange specific artwork. So what they're going to do is they're going to auction off some of their pieces. And he's actually going to make an original piece for the event. He's going to make a Charlotte's Web uh, piece. And they're going to donate a portion of those proceeds to uh, Giselle Delgadillo. Oh, yay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so it's very specific. What she needs is she needs help getting around with her son. So Giselle has, uh, I believe he's six at this point, a six-year-old son named Bruno who suffers from epilepsy. And he it's really bad. It's starved And And, um, you know, he, he could seize a uh, number of times within the day. And it's really hard to get him around. Um, you know, he needs a special chair um you know he needs he needs precautions to make sure that if he 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 gets a a seizure he doesn't fall over and and hurt himself um so she needs a she needs a van basically a handicap van for him um so nootopia has been very kind to to make these original pieces and donate uh to Giselle to get a handicap van so she can get her son around a little bit better and I'm um, really excited to, to, to give back to somebody who's um, been such a part, a huge part of the cannabis movement here in Florida.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really good news. Um, that's, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just hearing the story. I'm just trying to imagine how tough it must be to do that. Um, almost impossible.
0: You know, what's great about Giselle, though, is uh, she's so happy. Oh, absolutely. It's so it's so funny because, you know, this is a woman that if she hated the world, people would, would be able to justify why, you know, people would, you know, um, would, would be like, well, you know, I understand she's been she's been dealt a, a tough, a tough hand in, in this card game of life. But, um, yeah, I, I don't still, think she
1: wants anyone's sympathy. She, she's awesome.
0: Yeah, she still she still puts on a smile. She still she still laughs. She still jokes. Um, she's she still um, tries to stay as positive as she can and as kind as she can. And um, it, it really is amazing that she's she's so happy and such a nice woman.
1: Yeah, and she's a really good advocate for other parents and families that are in similar situations and yeah. she does a lot to really bring awareness to you know children with epilepsy how cannabis can help and just the, the issues that they face uh whether even they're using cannabis or not just bringing light to the situation um and hats off to you Giselle
0: yeah yeah and she's I love her man she's kind of become like my sister so I'm happy to to see if I can help and you know help her uh get a little bit better quality of life, you know.
1: Oh, absolutely. I actually went to Nugtopia while when you first asked me and I'm looking at did you say it was what was the name Cole Shane?
0: Co- yeah, it's I believe
1: it's Cole Shane was... Trent. Yeah. Okay.
0: Trent.
1: Yeah, man. This is some badass artwork for anybody listening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know when you explain it, the strange specific artwork and the the people look like buds or whatever. You, it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to picture, but when you see it right in front of you, you're like, oh my gosh! Like, he pulled it off.
1: Yeah, She's, I mean, it's pretty fucking cool. I, I like it. <laughs>
0: I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling through through his website too. He's got Khalifa Kush and Snoop Dogg OG.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like. He's got a, a a bunch of. There's the Einstein OG, Scarface yeah. OG. The, the, <laughs> man, the Einstein OG is is awesome. He's got the the atomic bud. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I loved it. I have it hanging up on my wall right now. I don't know if you can. Uh, I'll move my camera, I don't know if my camera's still working, yeah, it's still on, but I got right there,
1: yeah, fuck yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that looks awesome um i i'm do you do you know what strains he's gonna do or
0: um i I'm not sure of I believe they said there was three uh strains, nice he was he was doing for the auction um i'm not sure about two of them but i do know that he's going to do an original piece for charlotte's web
1: that's right you already said that um dang i should probably do another dab to get those newer protectives (laughs) in there so they can can stop misfiring I need better connections
0: No worries, man. I'm excited to see what the piece is all about. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah, no, man. I'm looking at Trainwreck right now, and it's pretty, it's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing bad I could say about it. And I, I'm kind of an art guy. I've got all kinds of artwork. When I just moved from Orlando back to Gainesville, I've got rid of probably a trunk load of artwork. So maybe I'll just start reintroducing nothing but cannabis art.
0: Yeah, there's another there's another good uh, Florida art company called Art Four Twenty. Um, are you familiar? You're you're familiar with? I know you're familiar with Minorities for Medical Marijuana.
1: Yeah, Eric Strange, um, with Art Four Twenty. Yeah. 420. yeah that, awesome. I love what yeah. they
0: have. I would love. I mean, if he if he's listening to this podcast, I would love to do a similar green carpet event with Art Four Twenty.
1: Um, yeah, that would be really awesome. Um, did you go by their art exhibit that they had in Orlando this year?
0: No, no, no. But uh, Mike Minardi was showing me pictures of a lot of the art too. So I mean, I, I am somewhat familiar with his with with Eric's uh, work, and it, it's amazing stuff. Actually, I like it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went there with my son and my wife and we got there Sunday. There weren't many people there. Um, There was somebody collecting petitions for regulate Florida doing a solid job on that. And the artwork was stellar. Um, I think they had submissions from all over the place too. And then, you know what he, and I believe his wife are the ones that run the art 420 organization. I mean, they're really talented artists themselves aside from just bringing in, You know what other people do. And you mentioned Minorities for Medical Marijuana, another one of my favorite organizations in the state. Mm. And they'll be speaking at your event in Orlando.
0: Yeah, they're actually, we're giving them a free webinar um, where anybody, anybody who's anybody can, you know, sign up. Um, and that's on April 15th. It's, uh, we're calling it a minority for Minorities for Medical Marijuana Reality Check webinar. And they're really going to go into, you know, what their organization's about. And, um, you know, and, and it's absolutely free. And you can watch it in, at home. And you can medicate if you want to. And safely within your own home. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely check that one out. Um, but they're going to be at the Orlando event. Cheryl Murray Powell, uh, who's their general counsel, um, was at, uh, she was at Kennedy Boca. And I've got to say, like, I was extremely impressed with her. I had never met her before. Um, but this woman was eloquent. She was intelligent. She was well informed on what was going on um you know legislatively here in, in in Florida when it comes to medical marijuana and I we put her on a panel with uh Minardi, uh Sean Gerhart and Yvette Pekovic and I've been I've been dealing with those three attorneys for quite some time now I'm you know have nothing but the utmost confidence I mean Sean Gerhart was our attorney uh, for Florida Cannabis Coalition for quite some time, spoke at, spoke at our events. He worked with Mike Minardi. Um, Mike Minardi, of course, is our attorney right now. Um, and of course, he's well-educated on everything that's going on. And Yvette Petkovich used to do my, uh, my seminars when I worked for Cannabis Career Institute. So I've been doing cannabis education with the vet for quite some time at this point. So I have utmost confidence in those attorneys and this new woman comes onto the scene and she's just, she's handling herself and she's having this eloquent conversation with these attorneys on this panel and she's holding her own. And I was just really impressed. So I'm really excited to have not just Cheryl at this event, but I believe Tamika, who's, uh, does art 420 as well and uh rosalyn who who heads that organization is going to be in orlando so i'm really excited to see them and and to be able to provide them with this free webinar and um yeah to get their message out there because i mean we we get wrapped up in 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 medical marijuana and we get wrapped up with uh with the industry side of things but you know uh prohibition really affects minorities man and a
1: hundred percent
0: yeah and we it and it's so unfortunate that that's so easily uh overlooked so um we're i'm just excited to to be able to work with this organization to help help keep that in the forefront
1: yeah you know i, I couldn't agree with you anymore um minority communities are often left out as this industry unfolds across the country. And it's good to see somebody
2: right here, ground zero in Florida, trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure. This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot
3: that can make you smart? Where is it? and smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment.
2: Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
3: expo.com you know it took a took a fucking court case so
1: the minority and or the how the court case could yeah the minority and black farmers would get awarded a license if and when they become available like it shouldn't have to come down to that really um so a lot of people thought that and this is what I've heard when because they increased the limit on the year it used to be five years and it went to like 30. Mm. And a lot of people blamed it on racism.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, like, you know, aside from the unintended consequences, I mean, we're still in Florida. There's still tons of racism here. I've grown up with it. Um, My own household. It was just ridiculous. Um, Yeah. So bravo to them. And and I agree with you. Cheryl is, is rock solid and really knows her stuff when it comes to cannabis and especially her subspecialty on how it affects minorities and urban communities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. now we, uh, I live in Tampa and one of the things that this area is kind of famous for is the, the, the intersection between I-4 and I-75. There's just this huge Confederate flag and you just, you, you see the, you see it almost like a reminder that you know racism is still out there, even though Tampa's still uh, a very progressive city. I think so in, in the state of Florida. Um, but but yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 interesting to to see. I I mean. Uh, i can't tell you how many times there's you know i i've been doing these workshops and and cannabis career institute and how many times i've uh i've been to an event and i'm talking in front, in front of a group of people and you know i'm like the only cuban guy in the room <laughs> so right. i'm the only hispanic guy there that shouldn't uh, happen in florida Yeah, that shouldn't happen in Florida whatsoever. And I remember, uh, you know, speaking of Yvette Pekovic, I remember uh, she tried really hard to get, uh, uh, you know, when we were doing Cannabis Career Institute, she tried really hard to do a Cannabis Career Institute Espanol and uh, really cater to the Hispanic demographic in South Florida. And it just... um, it just she she held a few seminars, but you know you could just tell that it wasn't it wasn't as as prevalent as you know the English version. So I'm really excited that there's an organization out there trying to promote, um, you know, minorities. We have uh, we have Women Grow organizations. We had Women Grow Tampa Bay. We still have uh, Women Grow. Um, uh, South Florida. Um, and, and, um, I'm really excited about the cannabis industry here in Florida because we have from the get go organizations that are just making sure that this is a diverse, um, and all inclusive industry. So, um, we're really, and and with the size of this industry in Florida, we're going, I really think it's a sign that we're going to see a really innovative industry here.
1: Oh, I do too. Um, yeah, <clears throat> there, there are a lot of promising signs, uh, the, you know, minority communities, Cubans, blacks, Hispanics, whatever, you know, anybody other than white people, if you don't know what that means, they're, they're probably scared to get in the cannabis industry because of all the Years in prison that some of their family members have spent with sentences 10 times as much as the next white guy. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, so it, it's great that there's outreach beginning into those communities because the facts of life are people are going to be making a lot of money selling this plant at some point in Florida when this market opens up if we don't involve and diversify the people that are you know controlling that money flow and the entrepreneurial sense then those communities will continue to get ravaged and in, in the separation and then will grow in my opinion
0: yeah i mean I, I i hate to make myself sound like a victim or anything like that but i mean i i've you know growing up i was the the hispanic guy in the white neighborhood um, you know i i lived, i grew up in uh, broward county in pinal pines and when i was Growing up in that area right now, it's like another Miami. But um, when I was growing up in that area, it was nothing but cow fields. And and, um, you know, I felt it, man. I've you know, I yeah, I have this great education and I overcame or whatever. But, um, you know, I was a Hispanic guy growing up in the white neighborhood. I I was harassed by police. I've been arrested a few times for possession of cannabis. you know, and I've been able to, you know, get a good education and, uh, and and really persevere. But I mean, it's discouraging, man. You know, they they take, you know, uh, a straight up cannabis user and they throw them in, in rooms with heroin addicts and crack addicts. And they tell you that you're on the same level. And um, uh, it, it's a shame. Um, so. Um, I I just I want to work with this organization to make sure that um, You know that
1: ends 100% and you know those are the types of organizations that I continue to see you working with they're Ones that are already doing great things in the industry. So once again If y'all are even considering getting in the industry um, Go to the event in Orlando on March 25th and 26th for the green carpet event afterwards if you can't make it to orlando go to tampa go to miami go to one of the green carpet networking events this is where you want to be um if you continue to sit around and wait for rules to come out well the people that are going to these events are going to be ready when the rules come out and goodbye to the licenses so get the ball on
0: yeah you're going to join us right yeah absolutely cool very very cool yeah, we look forward to having you there, man. Uh, you did a great, uh, a great job covering uh, Boca.
1: Yeah, and... thanks. I just, I'll be there on um, Saturday, and then Sunday I'm going to. There's an event at Truly. There's a doctor speaking about PTSD, and so I want to go there and ask some questions for some of the veterans. Uh, okay. so I'm a former Navy veteran, and and not once again not for me to play victim, but PTSD is one of the you know two actually conditions that I qualify for. Um, and you know, as much as cannabis helps, it doesn't really affect me that, that much to be quite honest with you. But I mean, as much as cannabis helps, this industry is almost giving me PTSD watching the infighting that has led up to this. So it's good to see people starting to come together, get a little more on message.
0: Yeah. You're, you're lucky, man. PTSD is, it's one of those conditions that always tends to perplex me because, um, you know, I really see, I see PTSD kind of coming, coming from the activist side of things in two ways. You have, uh, the veterans and you have, uh, you know, people, caregivers, you know, like canna moms, canna moms. I don't care how you put it. If you see your child suffering, you develop PTSD. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. All of them have it. Yeah, if you're if you're you're concerned that your child is going to die and you're fighting for your child's life, you're you're developing PTSD.
1: 24 hours a day those women are going through it
0: while yeah. they're sleeping. Yeah. So you see you see almost like it, it's this strange it's this really strange condition where, you know, you see it from a veteran standpoint and, you know, they're they're jumping around and they they're they're paranoid somebody's watching them or Whatever it is. And then you see uh, you see a mother who's paranoid that their child's going to 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 die. And she spends so much time working just trying to get her mind off of, you know, um, this this horrible situation. And then you see somebody like Giselle, which I'm sure she has PTSD, but she still, you know, is dealing with it right. So I mean, it, it's really this 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 complex, uh, this complex condition that's, you know, uh, causing these veterans to commit suicide. I think what is it like twenty two veterans a day, commit suicide.
1: Right? Yeah, that's what's listed, and but. There's tons of veterans that are committing suicide, too, that may have never even spoke up about PTSD or any of that. So those are just ones that are directly correlated to PTSD symptoms that have been on record. The actual estimate is up around, like, about 50.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, it's really bad. But you just can't, you know, it's one of those things, like, for veterans, the stigma is so bad about PTSD. That's why a lot of them end up killing themselves. Yeah. Yeah, like you're weak-minded and this and that, but it's coming around. I did a podcast with a guy named Gage Amsler. They call him Doc Gage. Mm. And he was a combat medic, and and when he was in, he had a beard like you and me, so you can imagine what type of, you know, ass-kicker he was because that's not regular Army. And he actually smuggled back some seeds from Afghanistan that just so happened to be a straight one-to-one ratio and perfect for what he needed. And uh, he's starting to spread those genes around the world.
0: Wow, you know who does a lot of great work uh, advocating for veterans? Uh, who you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily uh, uh, suspect because his wife kind of steals the spotlight a lot. But Bob Jordan, um, oh Jordan, yeah, name, yeah, he uh, he set up uh, nonprofit Veterans United, and he goes. He goes, and I think that's basically, you know, primarily what he does now is he goes out and speaks for veterans' rights and whatnot. Um, One thing that I really like about the veteran community, as far as, like, the cannabis community is concerned, is sometimes you'll see a situation where, like, a veteran's in trouble, and you'll see, like, all of these other veterans scrambling to help, you know, and and it's it's really like the it can be a pretty tight-knit community um when they band together
1: yeah absolutely you know and you know i I just had another veteran friend of mine die recently um he died from an accidental opiate overdose and Um, he was one of the first people in afghanistan So I can only imagine what he did and went through over there, caused PTSD which and, and, you know, his physical injuries, which then led to his demise. So, man, I mean, what Bob is doing and his wife, I mean, is amazing. They've faced life in prison. uh, And then they've continued to do what they do and advocate for veterans is what Bob does. And then, you know, ALS, which is, you know, Kathy Jordan in the spotlight she brings, I'm hoping to reach out to them to get them to join me when I set up meetings with the three doctors on the House of Representatives for Florida, because those are two groups, um, you know, people that have ALS and, and then veterans, which encompasses many different ailments to go and speak to the doctors and really try and get them to understand what this medicine is how it helps people and the reason why we need any and all
0: forms of it all of it well have you have you contacted them or not
1: about this specific issue because you know this the bill just came out with the the no vaping um but I'm going to reach out to them for sure
0: cool cool yeah i'm sure they they'll be more than happy to help man they're always they're always eager to to come to an event and tell their story and whatnot. So, um, yeah, cool. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll actually be in Orlando as well. So maybe you'll see them there.
1: Yeah, that's exactly where I'll be seeing them and saying what's up with them. I, I didn't know they were going to be there. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, they're going to be there. Um, Bob, uh, I, I don't know. Bob's a, Bob's a very informal guy and I kind of like that cause I tend to be a little informal myself. Um, but, uh, um, I had talked to him about being there, um, during the, the public, the department of health hearings. Um, and yeah, I just need to give him a quick call and make sure that they're there. But I, I guarantee I'm 100% positive that all I'm going to have to do is at least remind them and they're going to be there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't think of... I mean, it is as good as it gets for Florida and around the country, in my opinion. I mean,
0: oh, wonderful. Man. Yeah, Thank for you. sure.
1: I mean, there's bigger events with more people and stuff, you know, but some of that stuff gets lost on message. I've been to a lot of big conventions and conferences and stuff. And, and the format that y'all have gone with where you get the information out by the different presenters and you have time to actually go mingle with everyone in between and, then you get to eat. Then you get to mingle. Then you, you know. I mean, there's just a lot of networking. It's not just sitting down, someone talking, and ex- exit stage right. Like the people yeah. are available. That was the thing that impressed me the most was how available that everyone that spoke there was throughout the entire event, for the most part.
0: Yeah, you should have. Uh, you should have hung out with us. Uh
1: Man, I had to drive back to Gainesville. There is no way I would have died. I would have died falling asleep.
0: (laughs) But but man, I really wanted to, dude. I really did. I'm sorry, man. the 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 after party was really cool. Where you know, um, it's, it's 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 nice to be in the event setting and the networking and all that. But I really think that the true the true power from a convention, so to speak, is really uh having fun afterwards <laughs> you know and, and and letting letting your hair down and hanging out with the people that that uh you know you spent all day idolizing so um you know uh yeah we try to provide that as well
1: excellent yeah well carlos man It's you know you and I could probably talk about this industry until we fell asleep, but um, my dab rig is cold, so I'm gonna go. (laughs) I'm gonna go medicate with a uh, non illegal herbal substance and
0: yeah, you're you're dabbing CBD dabs, right?
1: Yeah, I am, man. You know what? (laughs) That shit. I mean, it's very effective because I didn't actually start dabbing CBD till I went out to Washington and I bought some RSO and. Uh-huh. they gave it to me and I dabbed it man you want to talk about like whole body relaxation that's where it's at like 80 yeah, something you know, percent I, CBD. I
0: haven't experienced the cbd dabs but uh but hopefully one day i can
1: yeah maybe uh-huh. maybe maybe there'll be a safety meeting that you show
0: up to <laughs> well i do know on the glue we sell uh a few cbd products and there's like hemp based cbd dabs and, and what
1: i i know somebody that's really close to y'all uh his name's Donnie Ballou, and he produces a bunch of different hemp CBD products that's in St. Petersburg. I should—I don't know why I haven't told him about the glue. Maybe he knows about it, but isn't that like a what, – what is that, like a distribution network where you
0: – Yeah, it's it, – the best way to describe it, just like that one-liner pitch, is like it's a combination of Amazon and Cisco for the cannabis industry. So really, really, it's a software that, that – uh, uh, it really helps to 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 because distribution in this industry is very fragmented. You've got the vaporizer guy, you've got the rolling paper guy, you've got the glass guy, you've got you know, and you got individual products like you know the you've got the magical butter, you've got so you know you you have a head shop or you want to sell these ancillary products and you you have to go to all of these different sources. What the glue does is the software that brings all of those sources together. So it's a lot like Amazon actually, so these store owners can log into their account and purchase all of their 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 products in like the shopping cart setting and buy all of their inventory from one source.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's about as easy as it gets in my opinion. I mean, if yeah. if I owned a distribution network of retail stores or something like that, I mean shit, that's pretty easy.
0: Yeah, you know they, it's it, it's really hard because I mean, uh, uh, what the glue really does is it it, it almost changes uh, a business culture, because these guys that own these head shops they're so used to just being on the phone hustling all these different distributors all day, so um, it's it, it our biggest challenge was was almost letting them know that they have an easier way to spend their time and they can start using their time to, to, to make more money <laughs>
1: but, exactly to to bring more people in to that yeah. inner network that are a win win situation that you know help each other out than worrying about where to find all this and that so yeah. how does somebody get involved with the glue and then I, I'm going to have to go
0: well, you can uh, become a member of The Glue on www.theglue.com and you can fill out a membership application and one of our sales guys, uh, customer service representatives, uh, will contact you and sign sign up your store and get you started with an account. So if you have uh, any type of retail location, really, um, I believe we even have like a barber shop on there that, that wanted to start selling glass pipes. Fuck yeah. So, <laughs> that's awesome, so, man. So yeah, so it, any any lo- if you want to start selling uh, smoking products uh, on as, as a retailer, um you qualify to be on the glue. So you can you can sign up through the internet, through the website like that.
1: And and is that just locally or or, and, or I mean regionally no, for nationwide. Florida? That's nationwide. Okay. And, nationwide. and the
0: glue, how do you spell the glue? G L U U okay that's we've what got, i thought i wanted to make sure everyone heard it yeah we've got stores in hawaii we've got stores in puerto rico and jamaica um and throughout the states really um washington colorado grow operations dispensaries uh head shops vape shops everything
1: and, and so if i were to join the glue i mean I, I i'm not going to i don't have any products but let's just say i do And i have my hemp cbd or i have my topicals or whatever do i handle the distribution or is it is the glue just the networking part or no no we we what about like me shipping it to you how where does that get involved so
0: so we would ship out the products uh to you um you know we inventory about 80 percent of the products that are on there and there's like 20% that's drop shipped. Uh, we've got about 2,000 SKUs on there, so um, it's just about everything. So vaporizers, glass, rolling papers, whatever, storage containers. Uh, we even have some apparel on there. Um, and we have about 900 stores uh, you know, nationwide. So really all it is is the store will just log in and they'll see, oh, I need some pipes, I need a vaporizer um i need this to stock my shelves they'll put in you know a, a shopping cart order and they can check out right there on the site and all of the products that are on that shopping cart cart will be delivered uh, via ups actually to their store
1: excellent yeah yeah that's awesome man sweet yeah well carlos i i really appreciate the time that you had tonight to speak with me um and everything that y'all are doing it's really great stuff definitely'll make sure that everyone knows about you that I know I mean I tell people about the coalition all the time they ask me you know how do you get involved I'm like well you know I'm I'm not the um, consultant per se I can give you an idea but you know these guys where you need to go
0: well thanks man I appreciate all your support you came out to Boca you, you covered a few of our workshops and um you know, um, thanks for having me on the show and, and I really appreciate everything you do, man.
1: Thank you, man. It means a lot coming from you, Carlos.
0: You are aware, aware, aware of the Star Wars solutions.